0: Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. John chapter 1, beginning with verse 47. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him. Nathaniel had just asked Philip, could anything good come out of Nazareth? But despite his reservations about Jesus, about Jesus's origins, nonetheless, he came to investigate. He would not let his personal prejudices or biases get in the way of his quest for truth. And when Jesus saw him coming, He commented, Behold an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. Jesus uh, immediately read him and the situation. And what he said to Nathan, and God was encouraging him because he knew what he had, the hurdles he had to get over on the inside to, to, to come and, and meet Jesus. But he, he said to Nathan, you are for real. You are the, the real article. You are the genuine article, if you will. You, you are what I'm looking for, Nathan. And when he said that, and by the way, God's looking for real. God, God don't need a whole bunch of phony religious fake stuff. He wants real people, real lives, real change, to have real relationships with the real God. So when Jesus read him, Nathaniel said, well, how do you know me? I just met you. And Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Now many of us may not know this because we're not Jewish and we don't live you know a a couple thousand years ago. But sitting under a fig tree was a Jewish euphemism for studying and meditating on the scriptures. Often people would read under fig trees and again a fig tree was different than a synagogue so it was your personal time of, of devotion. And what I want to say here, and, and I think it's important to, to see in this scripture, God always sees and God always rewards our sincere study of the word. Nathan was a student of scripture, he was really seeking God. And what he was saying is, I saw you as you pursued me. I, I know you searched for, you know, where the Messiah would come in the scriptures. And, and he said, you know what? It doesn't come out of Nazareth. In fact, it comes out of Bethlehem. And, and, and he understood that, you know, he was a student and, and he rewarded it, even though he didn't have it all right. And the Bible said that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Didn't say he'd live there forever. But, but still, even though he didn't get it all right, Jesus honored him and he met him in this moment. But then Nathaniel answered him and said, Rabbi. You are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. This is important. Because Jesus first saw Nathan, Nathan was able to see Jesus. We only love Jesus. We only respond to Jesus because he first, what? Loved us. None of us in this room, though we say we found God, but how many of y'all know God's not lost? Yeah. Yeah. We don't find God. God finds us. Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? Nathan, is this all it takes to convince you that I am the, 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 the Messiah? You know, if that's all it takes, man, I haven't even gotten started yet. Come on, come on. He said, you will see greater things than these. You say, saying, Nathan, things that people had... Uh, waited generations to see you are going to see in just a few days from now john 2 and 1 he's picking up from where we just left off the scripture says on the third day just three days after meeting jesus the miracles began You see in this new season that we're entering in it's not going to be about a whole lot of time it's just going to be about people who can believe people who can follow people who can trust you hear what i'm saying what took a long time in the last season i I feel like repeating is not going to take a long time in this season it was the third day he had just met christ miracles started happening there was this wedding in cana of Galilee. By the way, guess where Nathan was from? Yeah, Galilee. God wants to do some things in the place you live. In fact, let's look at that in the scripture. Let's be students like Nathaniel of the scripture. John was listing the disciples and he said, Simon Peter was, was one of the ones he mentioned. But then he said, Thomas the twin. And then Nathaniel of what? Cana. Of what? Galilee. Jesus immediately went into Nathan's hometown. So when you move from chapter one to chapter two, the story continues because again, he's talking to Nathaniel, but then he goes to Nathaniel's uh, hometown in the place that mattered most to Nathaniel. Jesus began to, to, to work miracles. I'm suspicious of any gospel that only works at church. The message Jesus had and the miracles Jesus had not only happened at church. Not only happened with 10,000 people watching, it didn't just happen in front of TV cameras. They happened in people's homes, people's communities, and where the real folk lived. Back to John 2 and 1. There was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. Now, we know from previous studies that in Israel, as in much of uh, the Middle East, weddings were often week-long affairs at this point jesus had already been baptized by john in the jordan he was really on his final lap in, in, in humanity's redemption if you will and it wasn't going to be long before he died but notice he took a week out of his limited time on earth to attend a wedding not a day weddings lasted for at least a whole week he took an entire week to visit and attend a wedding so stop pretending god doesn't care who marries whom stay with me and the mother of jesus was there mary had probably been ostracized ever since the birth of Jesus, everybody didn't understand what went on. Everybody's not always going to get what God's doing in your life. And you, you just got to get over that and realize that that comes with the territory. But we see here she didn't become a bitter old woman mad at everybody because they didn't get her. Eventually, she obviously overcame the, the rumors because we see here that people started inviting her again to their events. So Mary's mother was at this wedding. In fact, she probably had a high position. Maybe she was even overseeing the wedding because when when trouble came, she was the person they went to. But in verse 2, it also says, now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to this wedding. Now, we know that weddings, even today, are still very festive events but back then uh, a wedding was was absolutely festive you you didn't go to a wedding with a sad face the idea that Jesus was this miserable sour-faced individual gets absolutely no support from scripture you might see it on a stained glass window but you don't find it in the book in this period it's real important listen to me here in this period, we, we, we'll say, you know, in our wedding invitation, I cordially invite you to, you know, uh, attend the wedding of the yada, yada, yada. That's not the way the weddings were, were addressed back then. The way uh, an invitation went out was literally, I invite you to rejoice and dance at my wedding. You did not just sit down and attend. That was rude. You rejoiced and you what? Dance. So according to scripture, Jesus not only laughed, he what? Danced. That's going to mess up some of your religion. You hear what I'm saying? (laughs) Matter of fact, when you study a little closer, if you were a special guest of the bride or bridegroom, they would ask you to come dance a solo. I wonder what Jesus might have danced like. (laughs) I wonder if it was syncopated or a little cool like that. I don't know how he did it. But when we get to heaven, we're all gonna see that he knows how to do his thing. (laughs) Now, we act like we invented dancing, like we invented laughing. The Bible says he who sits in heaven laughs. Our God created the smiles on our faces. He put the muscles there for it to happen. Verse three, and when they ran out, be honest, who like me in this room, sometimes runs out of things you're supposed to not run out of. Yeah. And when they ran out of wine, wine periodically in Scripture represents judgment. But more times than not, it represents joy. Psalms 104.15, one1045 I'm trying to say. <laughs> Pray for me. But the psalmist says, wine gladdens the heart. Have you ever ran out of wine or joy, gladness in your life? Ever have more guests than joy? More people depending on you than happiness on the inside? This is a real situation. And in the middle of it, they ran out. He said, when they ran out of wine. The reason I'm in this text today is because I thought the Lord was talking to me this week, saying, Derek, you don't have to hide that every now and then. You stop enjoying the things you're supposed to continue to, to enjoy. Amen. What do you do When you find yourself in a moment in life where you're just not happy anymore, the next verse tells us, the mother of Jesus said to him, obviously the host had confided in Mary. You see, the host was not like many of us. She didn't pick up a cell phone and give Pookie and Ray Ray a call. (laughs) But they took their problem to someone they knew who had a relationship with Jesus. What do you do when you run out of wine? What do you do when you're doing what you're supposed to do? I mean, you're supposed to have weddings. You're supposed to take care of the people around. But what do you do when it's not fun anymore? Everybody needs somebody to talk to. So they immediately turned to Mary. In this culture, at this time, it was a disgrace to run out of food, any of the beverages, or anything needed at a wedding. And because they ran out of wine, this family would become a laughingstock. People would make fun of them. They would become the butt of jokes, all because of this incident. So for this family, a whole lot was on the line. The scripture still says... They have no wine. Mary recognized they no longer had what they used to have. And the host was afraid that people might find out. Have you ever been in a situation you no longer have what you used to have and you're afraid that people might find out? But they brought the issue to the right person. And this person didn't go and tell everybody She brought it to Jesus, and then Jesus responded to her, woman, how many in this room are from a family like mine, and you know that any conversation that begins with you and your mother, with you beginning by calling her woman, typically doesn't end well. (laughs) Yeah. Now, in this culture, this statement was not particularly offensive like it is in ours, but Jesus was clearly yet politely distancing himself from mama. He says, woman or, or, or ma'am, Jesus was not nobody's mama's boy, and, and, and these pictures that people draw of him, I don't know where they get them from. He says, mother, what does your concern have to do with me? Ma, I recognize you still see me as your baby boy, but I've stepped into a new season in my life. Ever since Jordan, I'm no longer just, you know, the, the guy in the shop, I'm, 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 I'm not the son. I, I have been announced as a Messiah, I'm now in my office. You know, this is the challenge sometimes I have with people. This is why sometimes I gotta be careful about friendships and relationships, because people can't always distinguish. Because when people start knowing me as Derek, they can't receive Bishop anymore. They just think, you know, I'm being, no, no, no. That, when, when I speak for my off, that's a whole different thing. So, so sometimes I can't even do that. I, I got to always be Bishop because you can't ever handle Derek and you can't switch in between. I feel like I'm ministering to myself a little bit this morning. So the, ch- the challenge here is familiarity. She knew the person, but she had to learn to honor the office. She's like, I changed your diaper. I burped you. And he's like, Jesus had that. He did have a diaper. He didn't need to be burped. He became a human being like one of us. He knows everything that each of us goes through. And sometimes you can know a person too well and so well that you can't hear him anymore. So he says, Ma, I got to push you back a little bit. My hour has not yet come. Ma'am, my miracles have meanings. And if I do this, you're going to think I'm doing it for a reason different than I'm really doing it. So, so you think that I'm going to do this because I'm the Messiah that's now going to throw up the shackles of Rome and, and I'm going to uh, create my kingdom on earth. But it's not time for that, Ma so so you're kind of tempting me here and and it's going to be a misunderstanding it's not that jesus is wrong it's just that she misunderstood right, right, right. she said what you want me to do is not time for i'm not going to establish my earthly kingdom i got to go to the cross first when he said this to his mother what happened did his mother get offended no he had such a healthy relationship with, with the people in his life that he was able to be honest with her you know in relationships, disagreements are inevitable. Disrespect is optional. That's, that's important to learn. She said to the servants, she when, when he checked her, she backed up and said, Okay, you're the Messiah, and I'm gonna treat you like the Messiah. So she turned to everybody else. And said whatever he says to you do it mary has just given you the single greatest key to maintaining a great relationship with jesus find out what he wants you to do and just do it if he asks you to do something the only follow-up question is listen jesus you want me to jump how high do you want me to jump that's the only follow-up question He's not just your friend, he's God taking on flesh. He's Messiah. Do you understand what I'm saying? But sometimes we treat God such like the friend and and, and, you know, and all, and we miss the Lord. Now there were six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons a piece. There's a whole lot of symbolism here. But the obvious problem here is they had a whole lot of water, but they were out of wine. Just because a person has one thing doesn't mean that that person has everything. How many of you know Whitney could really sing? The woman could sing. But her being able to sing didn't stop her from having a problem living. And just because you're, you're blessed in one area doesn't mean. Understand? So Jesus, he didn't condemn them. He didn't put them down. He simply said to them, fill the water pots with water. I need you to first work with what you have. Then I'll give you what you want. We get what we're willing to work for, not just what we wish for. Jesus is teaching us and they fill them up to the brim how many of you know big things often start small don't despise the day of small beginnings. scripture says you see here's something i've learned if you're not faithful with the dear part god gives you why should god supply you with domperion you hear what i'm saying they had to be faithful with the water before they could get to the wine yeah. you want the wine but you don't want to do right with your water yeah. and he said to them draw some out now the wedding guest a uh, uh, host actually forgive me didn't realize that they already had most of what they needed. How many of you know wine is 90% water? They already have, you already have most of what you need. And here's the deal. God's not upset by, by, by what you're lacking, what you're missing, where you're short. He just says, if you trust me, I'll make the difference. And a lot of times in life, God said, Derek, bring me the water, and if you bring it to me, I'll make it into something it's never been and never could be without me. It does not help God for you to deny what you do have. It's not humility to say you're nothing when you're something. They had to acknowledge, you know what? I do have water. And God said, well, bring me what you do have. And I'll give you what you couldn't have otherwise. But you got to admit what you got before you can get what you want. And take it to the master of the feast. He's given clear directions now. He's Lord of the universe. He's not just a wedding guest now. And he, he's in his office. And mama recognizes that. The Bible says and they. Took it. I don't know if the miracle happened when they drew it or when they took it. All I know is that when they obeyed, it happened. I don't know exactly when God's going to show up in your situation. All I know is when you finally obey, whether it makes sense or not, when you finally obey at some point on the way, it's going to happen. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made into wine, again, God didn't just create wine out of nothing. He turned water into wine. You got to bring him you before he can turn you into something better than it currently is. Someone say, when I get it better or when I become great, then I'll come, then why would you need God? All we are is water, and God is saying, "I man. If you just bring it to me, I can make you into something." But when the master feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and people, you know, God God will make people scratch their heads, and He did not know where it came from. Only the servants who drew the water knew. You see, everyone else may not know how you do it. But those of you close to you will know because what God wants to do is give us so much more than ourselves that everyone who knows said that got to be God. But here's the problem. You got to get better than yourself. Some of y'all are just living life in your own strength. That's why no one gives glory to God. But when you start doing things better than your ability to do them, that's when the world will take — that had to be God. And you got to get to the place you are a better husband than you can be. You are a better employee than you can be. You are a better church member than you can be. You are a better citizen of these United States than you can be, and it's only when you get better than you can be that God can get the glory out of your life.